0: March 11, 2011, at 2.46 p.m. Japan's biggest earthquake on record. The 8.9 magnitude timbler violently jolted the country. It was a thousand times stronger than the earthquake that struck Haiti. And if that wasn't enough. The tsunami that swept ashore in 2011 caused one of the worst nuclear accidents in history a meltdown of the Fukushima reactors.
1: Crippled by an earthquake and tsunami in 2011, water has been used to cool the damaged reactors, becoming radioactive, and now totalling one and a quarter million tonnes.
0: Now 12 years on, Japan wants to flush some of that water out to sea. Around a third of it is deemed safe for discharge after passing through an intense filtration system. Japan says it's safe, but its Pacific neighbours are not so sure. It must be safe. It must not impact adversely
1: on the lives of, uh, of their people.
2: And there were big debates around the risk. I would drink the water. I mean, it's like going down to the beach and swallowing a mouthful of water when you're swimming. When information is either falsely represented, inadequate, inaccurate, and these statements are being made to Pacific leaders, I find that very disconcerting.
0: Kia ora, I'm Tom Kitchen, and today on The Detail, how much of an actual problem is the nuclear wastewater at Fukushima? And what impact will its discharge have on a South Pacific that has so much pride in being nuclear-free? David Krofchek, a senior lecturer in nuclear physics at Auckland University, is with us to explain what we should
2: know about this waste. But before we go any further, he wants to make one thing clear. On my interviews, I get terrible headlines like scientist says he will drink radioactive water or Peter Parker is bitten by radioactive spider (laughs) becomes Spider-Man. No. The idea is I would drink the water if we have filtered out all of the radionuclei and diluted it. Then, yes, I would drink the water.
0: Would you go for a swim? I would
2: go for a swim. Yes, I would.
0: But... if uh, it wasn't treated properly you wouldn't
2: if it wasn't treated properly, I would be more hesitant I probably would not want to do that if it wasn't you just can't get away with dumping this untreated wastewater uh, into the ocean
0: so why is discharging this wastewater into the Pacific even being considered
2: this is what normally happens for not meltdowns but normally functioning nuclear reactors into the ocean.
0: Nuclear power plants create tritium as a byproduct of producing nuclear energy. Though it can be a gas, the radioactive element is most commonly found in the form of water.
2: You essentially have a heavier version of water and on small scales you can separate out The tritium water from normal water, but on this industrial scale, there's nobody on the planet who knows how to do this on an industrial scale.
0: So you say it's a normal thing. Were any other options ever considered?
2: There were other options considered from normally dumping into the water. One option was just storing the water on this ever growing number of storage tanks. You would eventually have to move off the site because you're building so many more storage tanks, and you continue doing this for 40 years or so, you'd have to keep this stored for something like 60, 80, 100 years to let the radioactive tritium decay naturally down to some level that's maybe 1%, and then release the water. You're having thousands of tanks stored for 80 to 100 years, essentially.
0: And that's quite a hard thing to do.
2: It's never been done. And I don't think the people there felt really comfortable having so many tanks stored in magnitude nine earthquake country that they just suffered a major blow for the reactors. And I think people were really hesitant to go this route. Because what
0: would be the risk there if they kept all these tanks and then there was another tsunami
2: or an earthquake? If there's a a leak or tank spillage, you dump un. Treated water, which has all the nuclear fission products, and and this is the important thing: people are getting confused with tritium and nuclear fission products. You would be dumping nuclear fission products right on the land. That's kind of what happened at the initial accident in 2011. The idea is not to do that again.
0: Why not? What risk is here?
2: Well, besides not having people ever live there again, um, it's like living near Chernobyl. It was one twenty three a.m. on April 26, 1986, when a routine test at the Chernobyl nuclear plant went horribly wrong, causing one of four reactors to melt down and explode. The entire population of the city moved out. The city is, is done, finished. I mean, hundreds of thousands of people moved out. Now, I know the tsunami took... Maybe 19,000 or 20,000 lives, and and that's our immediate thought that should be for the disaster. But no one will be able to come back if such a disaster happens Um, again. Some people also thought of the idea of, we have water, we can make concrete. We have cement, we can put water in and make cement, and then we store all this water in the cement somehow. And and it's necessary in cement, right? That's it, it's the way cement works. It makes little crystals, just c- gives it makes it hard. The problem there is that you have evaporation of the water. When water evaporates, not only the regular water, but the water with tritium in it evaporates. And then you have this loose flow of tritium in the air and it's uncontrollable. This is what they did at Three Mile Island in, where I grew up in Pennsylvania. The worst nuclear accident in U.S. history, halting the growth of nuclear power in America to this day and sparking health concerns that linger 40 years later. I think the best idea is to put this tritium back into its natural home where nature has already found a home for tritium, the oceans, because tritium is produced naturally. And My gut is telling me that's probably the safest place to put tritiated water.
0: OK, well, let's just make it really clear. I mean, we've talked about a few different chemicals already, but what is actually in this wastewater?
2: Nuclear fission products are the one thing that must be removed before Japan can, can should even consider releasing it into the ocean. What's, We're talking things like cesium, which can build up in your muscles. Strontium-90 has a similar chemistry to the calcium and in your bones so it builds up in your bones and iodine for example 129 it has a long half-life builds up in your thyroid all these things cause cancers and we've seen these cancers produced from chernobyl and we know they could happen so they must be filtered out how
0: are the japanese government and officials saying they're making it safe
2: that is relying on the uh advanced liquid processing system, the ALPS system, to filter out the radioactive nuclear fission nuclei. And that's completely separate from the tritium and carbon-14. We can live with the latter two being diluted with seawater. You run it through the ALPS system as many times as it takes until you get below uh, a World Health Organization level of, of so many... Uh, radioactive nuclei per litre of water, and you just keep doing it. And I'm afraid that's the least bad solution. Every solution is a bad solution here.
0: The government and TIPCO, the power company that owns the plant, they're not being very transparent. What do you think about that?
2: They have now been transparent. Uh, Besides the International Atomic Energy Agency, which had three or four labs in Vienna, looking at water samples. I know now there's another dozen laboratories that have looked at the water samples from sets of water tanks from the United States and France and and Germany, countries around the world like this. Independent labs have verified that what the Japanese TEPCO officials are telling us is actually correct as far as how much radiation there is per liter of water. So I was very comforted to see that
0: but, I mean, yeah, this has all been done before, right? Other countries have been discharging nuclear waste like this for, for years. France, UK, China.
2: Not like this, though. They Only tritium. This is, this is only this, the stuff that's produced naturally, the heavy hydrogen. No one dumps strontium, cesium, cobalt, iodine from their nuclear fission reactors into the water. That was me- what made Fukushima the terrible disaster that it it was and continues to be.
0: What risk would there be, say, somewhere close to Japan, say like South Korea, relatively close, compared to somewhere like down here in New Zealand if the contaminants were left in and it wasn't kept
2: safe? We saw uh, a simulation. It was interesting to see the ocean patterns. It didn't show how the material would be uh, radioactive material would be diluted. It just showed the path that the particles could take. And you eventually see that ocean currents will push north and south and and, and east to west. So eventually, particulates of, of radionuclei from the nuclear fission reactor, destroyed nuclear reactors, will make it across the planet. But they will be incredibly diluted. The more water over which the radioactive pollution spread... The less per liter there becomes, it's dilution, and dilution is a solution for this case. I can't emphasize enough, Japan must get out these nuclear fission products so that we don't have this problem of spreading cancer-causing materials.
0: So Dr. Krofczyk says he'd drink the water, that's if it's diluted, and he now believes Japan is being transparent enough about its treatment processes when it comes to dumping. But that won't convince scientists who look to Japan's plan on behalf of the Pacific Islands Forum.
2: We actually sat through a number of presentations by people who were non-scientists, making statements that were demonstrably false.
1: The concern across the Pacific has come from a range of community and church organisations, including the Pacific Conference of Churches. Key regional fisheries organisations, such as the Western and Central Pacific Fisheries Commission, have expressed concern about possible safety or reputational impacts on regional fisheries, given its importance for uh, Pacific economies. Journalist Nick McClellan is a Melbourne-based correspondent with Islands Business Magazine. But the main regional organisation, the Pacific Islands Forum, has been especially critical and appointed an independent scientific panel uh, to investigate safety issues around the proposed dumping of treated uh, radioactive wastewater. Our concern is
2: to ensure that if the discharge
1: takes place, or when it takes place, that it is safe and poses no health risks. That was Henry Pona, wasn't it, who's the Secretary-General? Yeah, the... Pacific Island Forum has raised a whole range of concerns, um, and that's partly because of Japan's past history around nuclear issues. In previous decades, there's been proposals to dump high-level nuclear waste into the Mariana's Trench in the northern Pacific. Pacific governments have long been critical of Japanese plans to transport plutonium MOX fuel through their exclusive economic zones and fisheries grounds. Many Pacific governments were angered by the lack of proper consultation before uh, TEPCO and the Japanese government announced the ocean dumping plan in early 2021. Um, One of the real concerns is about TEPCO, uh, the Tokyo Electric Power Company, is choosing the cheapest and quickest way of resolving their storage problem with more than a million tons of contaminated wastewater stored at the Fukushima reactor site There are other alternatives, but they're more costly. And already uh, since the accident in 2011, more than 12 trillion yen has been spent on cleaning up the plant and decontaminating the site. That's more than $120 billion. But this work is going to go on for decades, and indeed the ocean dumping project will continue for 30 or 40 years. So there's real concerns that Japanese cost-cutting will undercut the supposed claims of safety. The International Atomic Energy Agency has released a report saying there's a negligible risk of contamination, given that one radioactive isotope, tritium, is the only one that's supposed to be released after the treatment of the Fukushima water. But uh, scientists will say that every increment of radiation dose produces an excess cancer risk. Uh, So the Pacific Islands Forum Scientific Panel has raised a series of issues around the quality of the sampling, the cost of the program over decades, the maintenance of safety sampling, and the fact that they really don't know whether Japan can maintain the quality that will stop other radioactive isotopes like uh, um, cesium-137, strontium-190 and others being released into the ocean. The IAEA has been very careful to say that their support um, uh, for the uh, safety standards um doesn't mean either a recommendation or an endorsement of the ocean dumping policy. They say it meets IAEA safety standards, but they don't endorse Japan's ongoing plan to continue with this ocean dumping program.
0: But I mean, there's some people that are quite supportive of this, some nations in the Pacific that are supporting Japan's move to dump the waste as well.
1: There have been a couple of occasions where senior leaders from the Pacific have uh, said that Japan has pledged uh, safety. Japan has been very active diplomatically and offering great packages of overseas development assistance to some island states. They toured, for example, the president of Palau, Sarangal Whips Jr., through the Fukushima site and have been uh, publicising comments that he made that he was impressed by the safety work that Japan was doing.
2: When you go there and you see the amount of effort and care that they're taking, you see the commitment. So uh, we're hoping that, you know, the rest of the Pacific Island leaders see that.
1: Papua New Guinea Prime Minister James Marape made an offhand statement uh, supporting Japanese scientific efforts. Um, That was withdrawn within two days because of public outrage in Papua New Guinea. The outgoing president of the Federated States of Micronesia has made statements in support, once again Um, People within FSM have raised criticisms that Japan was offering significant amounts of development aid as a way of wooing support. Japan has been actively engaged in trying to divide unity around the Pacific on this question. Because this project is going to go on for some time, I think there's a, a bubbling anger. You talk a lot
0: about the criticisms of the science and the science just isn't there to back up the release of this contaminated water. But there is a lot of support in the scientific community for this. If the water is able to be treated, it'll be okay to be released.
1: So there seems to be a conflict and it's hard to know who to believe. There are scientific debates about these safety questions. But one of the questions is not simply a matter of the science of how much radioactivity is being released. This is also an engineering process. This ocean dumping program will continue over 30 or 40 years, will TEPCO be viable for the next 40 years to ensure that proper sampling of the uh, treated wastewater, that proper maintenance of the pumping systems, that proper storage will continue at the site? And many scientists, not all, but many are concerned that it's not simply a matter about uh, you know which isotopes are being released. It's about the engineering involved in a programme that will continue for decades.
0: So this isn't the first problem with nuclear energy in the Pacific. I mean, there's been decades of anti-nuclear sentiment.
1: From the very start of the nuclear era, the Pacific was a laboratory for nuclear testing by Cold War powers, the United States, France and Britain. Um, The plane that dropped the bomb on Hiroshima flew from Tinian Island in the Marianas. For 50 years in the second half of the 20th century, there were more than 310 atmospheric and underground nuclear tests by Britain, France, and the United Kingdom. There were countless experiments like burning plutonium in the deserts of South Australia. There were medical experiments on Pacific Islanders exposed to radiation without free, prior, and informed consent. The 50 years of of nuclear testing really raised a a widespread anti-nuclear sentiment across the region. And that sentiment is reflected in the policies of many governments, including New Zealand, Aotearoa New Zealand, uh, um, which declared uh, a nuclear-free policy in 1987. So the people of New Zealand believe they have something special here, something that doesn't exist elsewhere, that they need to protect by preventing the presence of nuclear weapons. Yeah, their lives, basically. They don't particularly want to evaporate. Following Vanuatu and many other countries. So when Japan wants to experiment... With ocean dumping of treated radioactive wastewater over 30 or 40 years, there's widespread concern that the Pacific once again are being guinea pigs for the uh, interests of uh, larger northern hemisphere powers. The
0: Treaty of Rarotonga, signed in 1985, created a South Pacific nuclear-free zone. It was largely about nuclear weapons, but Article 7 talks about preventing nuclear waste dumping.
1: Um, Japan has been acting as if uh, these safety concerns are are not serious, and it's taken a lot of pressure for Japan to be dragged kicking and screaming into addressing questions, um, many of which are still unresolved.
0: New Zealand, as you said, has played a huge part on the world stage when it comes to being nuclear-free, and it wasn't without risk. I mean, they lost a bit of love with the United States over it, didn't they? But now they don't really seem to be saying anything or rocking the boat. I mean, there's a bit of a call of some people to say that New Zealand should do a bit more to to stop it. An anti-nuclear activist is pointing the finger at New Zealand's silence over Japan's plan to discharge more than a million tonnes of treated radioactive water.
1: So what do you think? It's important for Australia and New Zealand, as full members of the Pacific Islands Forum, to side with their island neighbours simply because... These are crucial regional concerns. We all uh, share common concerns around impacts on fisheries, on environment, on the ocean and marine ecosphere, and uh, the proposal uh, for ocean dumping is just one of many threats to the marine environment that is vital for the livelihoods and well-being of Pacific peoples. Um, As members of the Pacific Islands Forum, the largest members, Australia and New Zealand, have a particular responsibility to support their island neighbours, around this crucial uh, question. Um, The current New Zealand government is discussing uh, what role it can play within AUKUS, the um, Australia-UK-United States uh, agreement. Um, This will be an issue that will be hotly debated uh, in coming months, particularly at the uh, Pacific Island Forum Leaders Summit, which will be held in November at the Cook Islands.
0: Mm. And, And you've brought up AUKUS there. Uh, and that's a plan where the US and the UK will help Australia get nuclear
1: submarines, basically. That's a long and short of it, isn't it? The Security Alliance is aimed at countering China's influence in the Indo-Pacific region. AUKUS involves a, a number of activities. The one that's hit the headlines has been the plan to, uh, for Australia to purchase nuclear submarines and to subsidise American nuclear submarine shipbuilding in, in shipyards in the United States. One concern, though, is that it's very much integrating Australia into US warfighting strategies, uh, even more so than has been the case for many decades.
0: So do you think that AUKUS is a breach of the Treaty of Rarotonga?
1: The nuclear submarines are a breach of the spirit of the Rarotonga Treaty. There's going to be interesting debates about a technical definition of whether this is uh, the basing of submarines on the east and west coast of Australia the basing of nuclear-capable B-52H bombers at Tyndall Air Base in the Northern Territory, uh, whether that constitutes a breach of the letter as well as the spirit of the Rarotonga Treaty.
0: So we have this dumping of nuclear waste from Fukushima. We have AUKUS. So what do these kind of developments mean for a nuclear-free... South Pacific and that vision that they
1: held decades ago. For many years, Pacific Island governments and uh, civil society organisations have been engaged around diplomacy on climate change, which is the central security threat that they face. But there's a range of issues related to nuclear weapons, to nuclear power, to nuclear pollution that are forcing their way onto the regional agenda. So I think we're going to see more diplomacy and more advocacy around these questions in coming years. That's it for today. I'm Tom Kitchen.
0: The detail is supported by the Public Interest Journalism Fund. Today's episode was engineered by William Saunders. Our producers are Alexia Russell, Sarah Robson and Bonnie Harrison. Thanks to David Krofchick and Nick McClellan. Mā te wa.